portion of God's Word that we're going to spend a few minutes focusing our attention on this Christmas Eve is perhaps one of the more familiar sections in the New Testament. A reading from Luke chapter 2. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. This is the gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Let's pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So what do you hope Christmas will bring this year? For the little ones, for all you kids, it's probably a pretty easy question for you to answer because you kind of know what you hope Christmas is going to bring. You maybe made a list or you told the, uh, the pertinent people what you wanted for Christmas. And if you just tear the corner back on that one package and you find that this particular gift is exactly what you wanted, Christmas will have brought you all the things you, you hoped for. And if there's a candy cane and and maybe a few cookies too, that'd be good, right? But as you get older, you hope Christmas will bring you different things. The older you get, the the more that you crave the the presence of those you love rather than presents from those you love. You want to be with your kids. You want to be with your your parents. You want to be with your grandparents. You want to be around the people you love the most. That's what a lot of grown-ups hope Christmas will bring. 
And of course, if there's a, a present with your name on it and a candy cane for you and a cookie, you're probably not going to complain either. What do you hope Christmas will bring this year? You're all here, joining us at, at home. Something made you think or, or say, hey, we should go to church today. We, we, should, we should hear God's word tonight. So maybe there's a part of you that, that came because you wanted to sing your favorite Christmas songs or a, a part of you that came because, well, mom wanted you to be here or grandma wanted you to be here. Maybe you came because it's been a, a hard year and you're, you're looking for some hope. What do you hope Christmas will bring you this year? You just heard a, a long, probably familiar reading from Luke chapter 2. It's the one that we often hear kids recite. I want to focus your attention on, on just a little bit of the angel's song. The angels showed up after the one angel brought the message to the shepherds and they show up singing, glory to God, peace to men. It's that simple. That's what Christmas brings every year. Christmas brings glory to God and Christmas brings peace to men. I thought we should spend a few minutes talking about that tonight because at first glance, neither seems true. When you learn what the Bible has to say about who God is and what he's like, it's hard to believe that God being born brings him glory. The Bible describes God as this mind-boggling being, present everywhere, all the time, infinitely wise and infinitely powerful, knowing everything you've ever done or thought or said, knowing everything about you, knowing how many hairs are on your head, infinitely powerful. And then the one that really makes our minds hurt, eternal. He's always existed. And on top of it all, one God, but eternally, three persons, Father, Son, and and Holy Spirit, All the glory has always been his. And yet in his infinite wisdom, God the Father sent God the Son who left all that glory behind and was born not to a rich, glorious family in a a big palace. No, he was born to a, a virgin who was engaged to a carpenter And they didn't even have enough money for a place to stay while they were traveling to Bethlehem. So where does he end up? You all probably know. In an animal's feed box. How does going from infinitely powerful, knowing all things, present everywhere all the time, eternal God, to helpless, poor baby, how does that bring glory to God? It seems like the opposite. It seems like he left his glory behind. And yet here's the angels. (laughs) They're singing glory to God at the birth of the eternal Son of God. When we think of glory in in our earthly contexts, a lot of times it does does start with a picture of, of a person earning praise, of a person earning attention. If all the cameras are fixed on someone, if all the attention is on a particular person, they've probably done something to earn it. 
Maybe it's one of those rags to riches story, a a guy who started a business in his garage and is now one of the top five wealthiest people in the world. Maybe it's your, your Super Bowl champions or some kind of victor or great success story. It's an individual drawing attention to themselves. That's glory in earthly terms. But there's another kind of glory. There's the glory of the the soldier who who runs headlong into battle. Not trying to take care of himself, but trying to protect his brothers. There's glory in that kind of sacrifice. And there's glory for the the woman who who gives up her youth and and maybe even a career to, to care for others. There's glory in in sacrifice. What greater sacrifice than for this incredibly huge, powerful, unfathomable God to give it all up and and be born? The Bible tells us that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. What incredible sacrifice that the eternal God would set that glory aside and be born to save you. Born to save me. He gets the credit for that sacrifice. He gets the glory. Not you, not, not me. Christmas is not about us. It's not about my glory. It's not about your glory. We don't go to church every Christmas so that after many, many decades of going to church every Christmas, our children and grandchildren can look up to us and say, boy, if only there were more people like grandma and grandpa. If only there were more faithful people like grandma and grandpa going to church every year, then, then everyone would be in heaven. You don't go to church on Christmas because it's the right thing to do. We don't go to church on Christmas to make family happy. We don't go to church to bring attention to us at all. Christmas brings glory to God. Glory to the one who who set aside his glory, became a man so that he could offer himself as a sacrifice once again. He was born so that he could die. And die he did. Some 30 years later on a cross. Not just for my sins, not just for your sins, but for the sins of the whole world. Every man, woman, and child who would ever live or will ever live. Christmas brings glory to God and peace to you. If you look at the world around you, it's not hard this year. It's usually not hard, but it's really not hard this year to see a lot of problems outside of you. If this COVID would just go away, then we wouldn't have to do all this. Those people out there The ones causing all the division. The people who are in the streets. And the people who are causing problems. Political unrest, social unrest. It's like we've never seen. It's all sorts of problems out there. It'd be easy to fall into the temptation to think, you know, if if the Lord could just clean up a couple of those things outside of me this next year, things would get a lot better. Get rid of COVID and and make the Democrats and Republicans stop fighting and and everything will will be just fine. But if you're honest and you look inside, you know the problem's not out there. The problem is not with those people and the problem's not with that COVID. 
Problem's right here. It's in my heart, and it's in yours. It's the reason that there was so much tension in your family as you were all cooped up this past year. It's the reason for the, <clears throat> the shortcuts that you take in school, at work. It's the thing that <clears throat> sometimes takes you to the dark places on the internet. It's the reason that God's word is often not very important to you. It's the reason that Christmas has become kind of a, a one-stop shop for you when it comes to church, and the Bible never gets opened at home. It's the source of every single conflict you've ever had with another human being. And it's the source of your conflict with God. Mine too. The problem is not out there. It's, it's right in here. Because of my sin, because of your sin, we do not have peace with God. <clears throat> A thousand lifetimes to make it up. A million good deeds would never take care of the problem between God and us. And that's why it's so important for us, such good news for us, to hear about the sacrifice that God made when he laid aside his glory, made himself nothing, to come into this world and step into your shoes and step into mine. Because when he became a man, he was now accountable to the laws that he holds you and me accountable to. The same laws of God that reveal the sin in our heart, Jesus placed himself under. And he obeyed them perfectly every single day of his life. So that when 33 years passed and it was time for him to hang on that cross, it was a perfectly innocent life that was offered up for the sins of the world. The greatest sacrifice of all greater even than God laying aside his glory to become one of us was when the perfect son of God died on the cross to pay for your sins and to pay for mine. And he rose from the dead to show us that the peace that he won between God and man was not just a temporary thing. It's not like the victory that was won in World War II. It's not like the peace that is found when Democrats and Republicans can agree on one thing and for a few hours there's harmony. It's not like the peace that you find when everyone gets around the dinner table to celebrate Christmas and no one talks about the differences. It's not that kind of peace. That kind of peace ends. The peace that Jesus won with his death and then proved with his resurrection is peace between God and humans that will never end. Can you imagine? Peace that never goes away? <clears throat> Christmas does not mean that you're going to go home <clears throat> and never have an argument in your household again. It, it doesn't mean that the workplace is going to turn into a little paradise. <clears throat> it doesn't mean that you're going to love every class in school. It doesn't mean that life is all of a sudden going to become peachy every single day for the rest of your life. But it does mean this. God does not hate you. He loves you. Every single sin, all the skeletons in your closet, the anger you showed in your house, the unfaithfulness, the hatred, every little sin, even the times when, 
when you haven't made God's word to be that important at all. All forgiven. Forgiven by Jesus. God does not hate you. God loves you. Christmas brings glory to God and peace to you. Peace to me. My prayer for you this Christmas is that you would appreciate the Christmas gospel like it's the first time you heard it. That you'd go home, yeah, seeing the problem in your own heart, but knowing that Christmas means the problem in your heart and the problem in mine has been taken care of by the sacrifice of Jesus. That's why he gets the glory and we get the peace. Merry Christmas to you all once again. Amen.